Good day, welcome uh, to the Travel Companion podcast. This week in sustainable travel, we uh, talk about responsible travel, sustainable travel, volunteering, wellness travel, and funny, extraordinary travel tales. If you would like to support the podcast, go to our website at podcast.earth and um, also available at atravelcompanion.com. Thank you. Here's the podcast. All right, news from the week. And we're starting with uh, the World Heritage Site, the UNESCO site, Machu Picchu. Uh, in Peru, um, they had one of the temples being destroyed. Uh, floor was destroyed. Uh, one of the tourists was defecating in one of the temples as well. A couple of weeks ago, they are installing cameras and adding drones to the tour, what they call uh, naughty tourists. I would uh, have another word for that. But anyway, um, they are doing this to keep an eye out for troublemakers. Must cost them quite a bit of money, I would say. Five of the tourists that did this a couple of weeks ago were uh, expelled from the country. Great. Banned from Peru for 15 years even better and they were ordered to pay a $1,800 fine before being expelled from the nation that seems kind of cheap uh, I would say for destroying a UNESCO World Heritage Site but anyway that's news number one news number two good news from the UK um, the company Explorer uh, is an adventure travel company and they have a new sustainability uh, strategy and that includes offsetting uh, flights accommodation and domestic transport it is as a matter of fact the first uk tour operator to offset all components of its trips including flights that seems to be quite a risk um they have to increase their holidays a little bit to do so but on the other hand they are the first one to do this and uh, they hope it is uh, inspiring for other organizations to do the same thing to give back because travel no matter how how enlightening it is it also um does, does some damage to um to the world and to the climate so what they're doing here is actually make sure that uh, offsetting is part of their uh, strategy um now there has been quite a bit of criticism of course of offsetting but what um, uh, mr telver said is that companies can hope that the government does something and individuals do something and uh, we also have a responsibility as a business and we feel this is the right thing to do all right then the next topic is about volunteer tourism i like volunteering i don't it myself in uh, kenya and they say here in the article that it can aid disaster um recovery uh, articles from eurekaalert.org and they say holidaying in the disaster zone it may seem crazy but volunteer tourism can actually help communities uh, to recover from natural disasters so when a disaster hits a tourist destination, it can be a fire, flood, cyclone, earthquake. All these things happened over the past number of weeks. Tourists, naturally, they stay away. They go somewhere else. They leave in communities to deal with the loss of income on top of the cost of repair and recovery. So what we're talking about here is volunteer tourism. It should not be confused with disaster tourism, like going to Chernobyl and taking a selfie. This is a volunteering tourism. And they have done uh, a study and the researchers examined the impact uh, of volunteer tourism programs, for example, in Nepal after the uh, April 2015 earthquake. And they found that if it's done in an ethical manner uh, that considered the local conditions and considered the community, it's actually aiding the recovery and resilience of that area and community so good for them um, basically they say that if you do volunteer tourism however uh, care needs to be taken to ensure that the programs actually benefit both the community and the volunteers so you have to use an ethical approach that uh, allows both communities to um, drive individual uh, projects but they say though that if you do volunteer tourism 
care needs to be taken to ensure programs benefit both the community and the volunteers. So you have to use an ethical approach that allows the local communities to drive the individual project. Other topic here, um, it says here that uh, tax flyers need to meet the net carbon emission targets here in the UK. One of the key objectives advised was by the uh, Committee on Climate Change, the CCC, an independent body that advises the government on emission targets. And they say that um, to increase tree planting by planting between 90 and 120 million new trees and the UK is encouraged to introduce a green aviation tax to fund um, tree planting schemes in order to hit its net zero carbon emission targets by 2015 and obviously this uh, comes after the French have done the same thing they have introduced an eco tax uh, I think it's 18 euros of flight that's uh, 16 pounds uh, on tickets on all flights that are leaving the country so international flights question is though where does this money go because it never ends up where it needs to end up government just thinks huh extra money uh, let's uh, put it to use in whatever we feel like so somehow my doubts about this um, but okay there we go there's another article from Travel Pulse and it says flight shaming travelers. Uh, here is why flying is not the enemy. And these are the words of the International Air Transport Association, IATA. And obviously this seems to be, they have to say this because they really represent the airlines, the airports that they have to, uh, to say. This was said by Director General Alexandre de Gouniac in September 2019. And it was uh, on the eve of the UN's uh, uh, International Civil Aviation Organization Assembly. Uh, the assembly was noteworthy uh, because Greta Thunberg uh, had made some impassioned uh, pleas to really trim air travel and to cut carbon emissions, which is not good for uh, airlines. It's not good for airports. Uh, they will lose money if that happens. And there has been a decline already in Sweden. I think it has dropped 4% um, from its high of 42 million in 2018 to just 40 million. It's not that much at the moment, but it seems to be a, especially a European movement and uh, what I could say globally as well. But what the um, what IATA says is that flying is a time machine. It's the quickest way to travel, which I dispute. Um, it's the safest mode of transport transportation which is true flying and uh, flyers is a community unto itself is that a good thing we don't know it shrinks the world and makes it a better place well at least you become a little bit more enlightened about uh, the rest of the world is what i would say then we have here um, brussels vienna so night trains have returned to the tracks between brussels and vienna uh, some it's growing interest in alternatives to uh, flying so this article is from uh, the guardian as well as from the telegraph uh, telegraph actually gives a little bit um, uh, uh, a harder approach they say how climate change fears are reviving europe's sleeper trains and they say think free red wine or prosecco complimentary chocolates armchairs push button waiter services and they think that it's actually very very nice and so crema deli uh, the french green mep who also chairs the european parliament uh, transport and tourism committee that she had a wonderful night on the train. It's extraordinary to be able to travel across Central Europe and then arrive in Belgium in just a dream. It's very nice to hear. If they can bring the prices down, that would be even better, which is something they touch on in the, in the Telegraph. Um, they say that... Um, yeah, what, what do they say here? The issue of price, because obviously you can fly quite cheaply with EasyJet and Ryanair. It's like £22, £60. That said, if you want to have a, um, a 
train from London, for example, to uh, Brussels or to Amsterdam, you're going to pay over 200 pounds. So should they perhaps just address that first? Time difference is not is not that much. Actually, you have to go from here. You have to go to Stansted or uh, Gatwick. It takes about an hour, hour and a half to get there. You have to be there two hours before the flight and the flight itself is another hour. And then you still have to get from the airport there um, to the um, center of town. Well, the train station is normally in the center of town. So time-wise, it's, it's pretty much the same. Um, really, it might be more convenient for some people to fly. Personally, I think it might be better just to go to the train station here. King's Cross in London, for example, is 20 minutes away from me. Stansted is an hour and a half away from me and just take the train. If it was same price or cheaper, I would most definitely do so. But it's not at the moment. So hmm. then the next one is from um, Palau. The uh, uh, scuba diving destination has become the world's first nation to protect its coral reefs from damaging chemical sunscreens. So they banned it. Uh, it's a ban on manufacture, importation, and of sale. And it came into being into force on New Year's Day. And they say that the harmful effects of chemical sunscreen are well documented uh, by scientists around the world. And that includes our local uh, experts. So when divers, snorkelers, fishermen, naturalists, they hear about a sunscreen ban, they understand. Because it's, it's about the reefs, it's about the fish, it's about the ecosystems. These are their priorities and good for them. They are very forward thinking. They declared their waters a shark sanctuary. 2009, they have designated most of their seas as a marine protection zone already in 2015. They were actually the second nation to ratify the 2016 uh, Paris Climate Agreement. So good for them. Hawaii is going to follow suit as is the uh, Korean island of Bonaire. They will do so next year. And as this article is from 2020 already, that means 2021, a bit longer way. Last article, also very positive, is about a hero dog, Patsy. Saved 900 sheep during the Australian uh, bushfire. So animals are actually doing quite a lot. It was wombats. They were sheltering fellow animals in their burrows. But now we have Patsy, and according to the sister of the owner, uh, which is Stephen Hill, this is Kath Hill, she mentioned in Board Panda that uh, for Patsy, funnily enough, the fires really don't make much of a difference. She is a Border Collie Kelpie Cross, so he's a working dog through and through. These dogs have been bred for generations to develop their ability to work with sheep and cattle on farms, and they are very intelligent and resilient animals. They love to work. It's just what they were bred to do, and they can be very focused and single-minded on their job. So when my brother Stephen uh, needed Patsy to help bring the sheep uh, into safety, that's exactly what he did. See, you just uh, got on with the job and did it regardless of the conditions. So fires all around, but the uh, dog was cool, calm, and collected. Great news. And that was it for this week. Thank you very much for listening and come back next week for this week in sustainable travel. So that was the podcast. You can find the latest news on podcasts.earth. That is P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S dot earth uh, or a travelcompanion.com. Thank you for listening and uh, please tune in next time to a travel companion for the latest news on sustainable travel.